Well, with us today is one of the greatest mayors New York ever had. And uh, this mayor brought us from the 1980s. Hold on, he dropped off the call right here, oh so it's going to be... Oh, my God, he heard my voice, he hung up? <laughs> You're going to have to settle for the other Giuliani wait, for wait, a little wait, bit wait, over wait. here. He heard my voice and he hung up. I can't believe it. I don't know what ended up it happening must be that Italian here. thing from, from the 1980s when we had a fight. I hope he's not in the subway over here and, uh, you know, he lost, his, he lost his service in the subway. Oh, wait a second. And now back is a man that we know very well, One Mr. of the Katz greatest Matitis. mayors... Brought New York City back from the brink of disaster in the 1980s. Now we need somebody else to bring New York City back from the brink of disaster because this is a bigger disaster than ever. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, how are you? I am good, John. I'm glad you're feeling better. Last time I talked to you, you know, the interview on Christmas, um, was it Christmas morning, I think, or yeah. Sunday morning? You sounded terrible. I was in the land of the dead. I was very worried about you, my friend. Yeah. Well, he definitely looks a lot better, and it's great to have him physically in over here. And big recovery. Yeah. And and we got rid of Curtis Lewa for an hour, which is a a victory for all of us internally over here. But uh, no, we. You guys aren't using drugs there now, are you? <laughs> no, I mean, that, yeah. it matters, matters what kind you're talking about. Antibiotics, aspirins, uh, Tylenols. So, you know, one of the yeah, things bad. that we've – go ahead, Dad. Sorry. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, one of the things that we've been talking about here this morning is a combination of basically why New York City is in the bind that it's in. And it's, you know, we've talked about – Mayor Adams, we've talked about the border crisis that now New York has been experienced with close to 150,000 illegal migrants here. Uh, The lack of uh, anything that our police can actually do with regards to these violent, these protests for these pro-terrorist, pro-Hamas protesters. And now you see this crazy person stabbing. Uh, two teen tourists oh. here at Grand Central Station just yesterday, a place that I walk by every single time when I come to work and leave work over here, 14 and 16 years old, and he yelled out very clearly, I want all white people dead. This is somebody that has 17 prior arrests. Well, there you go. I mean, you, you, you just gave all the explanations for why we are where we are, and uh, I hate to make it partisan. I don't think I am. I just think I'm telling the truth. These are all progressive democratic policies that are pursued throughout America in Democrat-controlled cities. And these, these are not just, uh, uh, you know, it happened because we're poor or it happened because the weather was bad. These are policies that were deliberately put in place that create more crime. How can you let people out with no bail? who have long records and not expect more crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they even release people from prison early. They commit more crimes. And then when they get caught, they get, they get uh, nothing. They get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. So and- we're create- this, is, this is progressive Democrat-created crime, 100%. So, so let's say, you know, special election happens, and all of a sudden 
New Yorkers vote via write-in Rudy Giuliani, your mayor tomorrow, with this radical city council, with the problems in Albany that we see with, with our current governor up there and with Joe Biden as president. What are the first steps that you take to start bringing New York City back? I re-empower the police department. Uh, the one thing we can get uh, with a mayor who's a leader is um, a, a, a morale-driven police department. The mayor has to tell them that he supports them. He has to say he's going to stand with them when something controversial happens and not turn them in. Then he's got to do that. Uh, then he's got to work, obviously, on the changes in regulations. You can do a lot in the police department by changing uh, regulations. For example, uh, every single uh, protest where somebody walks in the street, the first person that walks in the street should be arrested. Then the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. It is against the law to protest in the street. You can protest on the sidewalks. In fact, if you really want to get strict, you've got to give half the sidewalk to the public. and You get the other half. You also have to get a permit for any protest that's going to contain more than, I think, about 1,000 or 2,000 people. You've got to get it 36 hours before. So if a big protest is about to begin, you ask for the permit, and if you don't have it, you arrest. The group that won't leave, the first group that's there, not four hours later when it's 10 times uh, that size. It's really a form of, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of, uh, you know, policing the, the early incidents, stopping it. Now, you know, I practiced that for eight years, and I, I'd never had anybody take over a bridge or a tunnel. It's the only time I ever had it, if it was permitted, now, the taxi drivers got the taxi drivers got the Manhattan Bridge between uh, uh, two and and six in the morning. Now, what one, is this one, new one. consent agreement yeah, that, the, that that uh, Mayor Adams oh. signed uh, with Black Lives Matter? I, I mean, I don't understand it. What's going on? And because of the consent decree, would it actually allow you to remove those protesters from the street? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect the street. It it, it doesn't allow them to basically pen them in. Uh, what the police do, really, uh, in order to stop a protest, it's very effective. They'll isolate the troublemakers, and they'll put them, like, in a, in a, in a, in a pen area, in a restricted area. Uh, first of all, sometimes it avoids having to arrest them because they calm down, which is good, right? Second, they then have the, the, the bad ones to arrest quickly. And uh, when, the, when people see them isolated it often calms down the pro protest and mm -hmm. keeps it at a protest and not a riot for some reason adams says against his will he signed this now that's what this is he just explained to you everything that's wrong with him he has the right ideas and he executes the wrong way because he's a political coward mm -hmm. i mean that, that that could you could describe adams mayoralty that way a lot of the right ideas which are tantalizing and uh, made us all have some hope in him. And then he, he does things that because he's afraid. So this consent decree, while it doesn't allow them to, you know, pen in, as you said, and, and as Curtis has said, kind of kettle in a group right there, it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the street. So they could, if they wanted yeah, to, the NYPD could ultimately right now remove these 
protesters that are coming up 6th Avenue, that are going to Grand Central, remove them from the street. No problem. Yeah, yeah. And they they could also, I don't think it would affect, I'd have to look at it more carefully, I don't think it would affect the regulation that say you just get half the sidewalk. Right. Now that gives you another policing mechanism. But you know, you got to use the broken windows theory here. You got to police early rather than late. Uh, he's also utilizing the old Dinkins cooling off doctrine, where you let him get away with a certain number of things. You don't get strict about the small things on the theory that they're going to burn themselves out. And it, it, it never works. It was rejected, really, by a, a group that studied Crown Heights riots for, for Governor Cuomo, the earlier Governor Cuomo. And I followed that rule, which I learned from them. And uh, honestly, we never had a riot, and neither did Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, 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 it took it took getting uh, De Blasio back, you know, a, a Democrat back to have to have a riot. John, with cooling off, as they say, really is done. It's really just heats up these protests. It heats up these riots, and you can see how it ends somebody, up getting out of hand. Somebody is paying team leaders, and yeah. then they, then the team leaders get the rest of the uh, uh, the. Uh, flunkies to, to go around them. And, and it's like we were talking yesterday at the 5 o'clock show. Uh, uh, at, at a Greek uh, funeral, if you didn't have anybody to mourn, you hired these women in black. <laughs> and they'd come in and be your mourners. And, and they take up John. the first two rows and they mourn. And they go, oh! The the thing. The I mean, do the same thing. Yes. They used to go pay people. They used to go pay old women to come in. If an old guy died, nobody was crying. They go pay old women to come in and cry. Professional mourners. So these team leaders, <laughs> somebody is paying these team leaders to create a team and, and then giving them cash to, 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 to distribute along the rest of the group. I mean, I think I think John's absolutely right. And, and that makes it easier. It makes it easier to police, John. Number one, you can usually spot who they are. Uh, now, he, here's where the consent decree hurts you. Those are the people they would kettle in. Mm-hmm. Number two, you do a little undercover work, which uh, the police department is excellent at. You get into some of these gangs or groups. Maybe you can catch them early. So, I mean, I, they're not giving it the attention that it needs, uh, given the fact that it's, it's uh, uh, this is the worst I've seen in the sense that we are displaying to the world that we have a city where many, many people hate Jewish people. Mm-hmm. That is so sad for New York City and the reputation of New York City. It, it well, really is. And, and it also shows. Sorry, John, but, go ahead. No, no, no. All I was going to say, I'm not sure is as much, but somebody is paying the groups to make it look like it's even worse. Mm hmm. That's what I yeah, want. And I think, you know, I think I think we have a suspicion where it's coming from. But yeah, no, uh, but, but that's yeah, the, no, the FBI is supposed to be doing their job. And, you know, I've said many, many times uh, I have a lot of respect for the FBI. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of them do a great job. They love America. The leadership in Washington that has to salute the Department of Justice uh, you know, I said, if I was Christopher Ray, if they were doing the wrong thing, I would stand up and say to all America. Yeah. Sadly, I think Christopher Ray doesn't have the backbone to do it. And that's why uh, maybe not even the do you know him at all, Rudy. Uh, I know him a bit. You know, he was he was uh, Christie's choice 
and pushed very, very hard on Trump by Christie, which you would say, well, he was. Well, that's usually how U.S. attorneys get appointed, so do, do, right? So, do we start blaming Christie for that? No, we don't blame him for it. <laughs> uh, I just think it's worth mentioning because he's got such a big mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, he, uh, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yeah. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Uh, he's got his own problems. But uh, Ray, Ray yeah. I, I thought, was a disaster from day one. I thought Ray was a, a terrible mistake. I, I never knew one. him, but, but I, I'm, I'm disappointed in the way things are being handled. Be. Well, one more question for you here, and this is uh, I tonight, and, and I got a lot of uh, a flack from Curtis Sliwer for this. I'm taking my wife to the Nutcracker tonight. Uh, do you look at me any less for going to the Nutcracker with my wife tonight, or am I okay in your Rudy Giuliani, I guess, oh, is, uh, social this status? Is, this is this is is Curtis pretending that he isn't intelligent. Yes, yes, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> it's a great New York thing to do around Christmas and the holidays. Curtis, Curtis, Curtis is just being Curtis. <laughs> Rudy, thank you for calling in. Keep keep right. keep keep uh, rooting for New York and uh, keep uh, giving out your comments because we're gonna know the truth. Thank you so much. And you and you too, John. And take care of yourself, Andrew. See you later. Uh, well, thank you very much, Dad. John, it's always great to have you know my dad on here, yes. and I and I love it. And thank you for giving us the father son time that we get to share with New York. We absolutely it's love worth it. Worth a lot. So. Let me you, tell you. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back. Dr. Peter Mihalos is going to be calling in to find out why the heck we're all sick. I need some New Year's resolutions. He's a healthy guy. How can I get healthier in 2024? If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. GaboLaw, where winning is no accident. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Sugar. Okay, we are back. And, uh, I'll tell you, is, is it going to rain all day, Andrew? I think this afternoon it's supposed to really start raining, so I'm hoping not because, you know, I'm taking my wife out on a little date night oh, tonight. Yeah, and I yeah, want it to yeah, be Lincoln nice Center. and dry out there. Exactly. We're going to go to Lincoln Center over here. Uh, but, John, I don't know about you. I'm always setting New Year's health resolutions here, trying to get a little bit healthier and a little bit good. And I know our next guest, Dr. Mikolos, can help us get healthier. I know you've lost a, a bunch of weight here listening to Dr. Mikolos and your intermittent fasting over here. And I'm curious to hear what he thinks 
some well, good New us, Year's uh, resolutions. Uh, this morning, Dr. Peter Michalos calling in. And Peter, how are we? What's going to be our New Year's resolutions? How are we going to live longer? Well, we're approaching the new year, and every year we start making resolutions. So I wanted to have a conversation with someone who uh, deals with it every day. And so I was speaking to uh, a personal coach and uh, fitness trainer, Gloria Pope, who's the coach to the stars and uh, takes care of a lot of people and motivates them. And one of the things is that sometimes you need a, a motivation and you need a buddy. And sometimes if you have a friend or someone you can work with, and you can uh, encourage each other to follow a certain program, just like uh, you and I always uh, have discussions and we stick to our fast and remind each other and certain things that you have to make a list. And you can't make your list too long. Like you and I always talk about, you know, stopping sugar and looking at labels and looking at the carbohydrates. And when we see something that says high fructose corn syrup, we avoid it. So I think that helps keeping a log it's, uh, you know, another hard thing to do is to buy a scale. I know that when I bought a scale before I lost uh, 40 pounds, I, you know, I never had a scale before, but having a scale is just a way to have some feedback. And I started keeping a log book. So getting a simple uh, spiral, you know, book, like a, a school book and just, you know, writing down what you're doing and what you're eating and keeping track and starting to look at labels, I think helps a lot. And again, some people get daunted and talk about these exercise routines when they're going to do hours. I just recently um, was an observer at an international anti-aging conference, and you don't need that much. If you just do two hours total a week, even if you do a few minutes a day helps. The, the, the thing is, it's about intensity. When the body senses fear, for example, if you get on a treadmill and go full speed for five minutes and your body thinks you're running away from a saber-toothed tiger, it turns on all these longevity mm. genes. It activates all these uh, genes. So I think having realistic goals and doing things incrementally is uh, is, is very important. That's, so that's those, interesting. Some that's, of those things. That sounds like that's adrenaline that kind of kicks in that you're talking about that actually can help right. you with anti-aging. It is, and uh, what it does is it tells the body that we're in trouble, we're being chased, we're being hunted, and that's and that's part of the problem. And, and everybody was pushing, you know, marathons and all these things. You have to remember the first marathon runner back in ancient Greece. You know what happened to him after he ran 26 miles? He, he died. died. He died. <laughs> and they're showing too much stress. All these, but interestingly, all these marathon runners. Guess what? They have a lot of atrial fibrillation and cardiac arrhythmia. So and, everybody and, thinks and how they, great they and healthy to, it is. They have hip problems. They got knee problems. They because, got uh, leg exactly. problems. Yeah. John, John is right. The next thing I was going to say, it wears down your knees. We're not designed for sustained long hours. We're, we're designed for short bursts of energy because that's how we evolved. We had to run. We had to hide. That's we had to get away from us. Exactly. We had you to move get, quick. That's it. And, that, and, that's, and that's how we did. And the same thing with, with uh, intermittent fasting. We're not designed to eat breakfast because there was no refrigeration. Right. So what we had to do is we had to wake up in the morning, be wide awake and alert. A hungry lion and a hungry fox is very alert because you have to be. And what we do is we run on ketones. So in the morning, we run on our belly fat, which is our refrigerator there, and we start tapping into that and then we hunt and then we get our first meal 1201 we fed everyone in the cave and then we put everything away before it got uh dark so and so then, dr uh, mikolos and john when do you guys like to do your intermittent fasting i'm taking notes on this what what is the window well, that you guys like to, to do you, like last night 
I left the studio, me and Margo, 8 okay. uh, to about 7.30, 8 o'clock. Uh, so let's say it's 8 o'clock. So you've got to be 16 hours in between. Okay. So, so my next the- meal can't noon. start till 12 o'clock the next day. Got it. 16 hours. Uh, you know, Very 8 to 8, that's 12, mm-hmm. and then 4 more, uh, 12. Yeah. So do- is that yeah, what you do as well, doctor? You kind of do noon to 8? Yeah. Is that your window? I do. I do pretty strict noon to 8. And then the studies now show that around the 14th hour of the fast, which is like the Goldilocks period, mm-hmm. we have something called T-killer cells that go after cancer cells. Right. And they start rising rapidly. And then we undergo another process called autophagy, which is we start eating any dead and dying cells and we do a cleanup because your body's saying, oh, my God, there's no food. We're in trouble. We better get our stuff together. And we start cleaning up all the dead and dying cells. And that's called autophagy. And that's another benefit. It all started years ago with a scientist named Rafael de Cabo who took mice and fed them 2,000 calories in a two-hour window and another set of mice who ate any ate the same 2,000 calories over a 24-hour period. The right. ones who ate it in the two-hour window, they lived 30% longer. So all the wow. ancient religions, you know, in, in, you know, in Hebrew uh, religion and Christianity and Islam who have fasts, it turns out that those fasts are actually major reprogramming of our body and boosting of our immune system, and it basically... Uh, it tells our body, you better get it together. The same way the, the the soil microbiome and our soil communicates with us. When there's a lot of drought and there's a lot of UV light out there and we eat those foods, it tells our gut that there's an issue. And now we know that there's a gut and so brain. So in, in other words, the, the, the killer cells, uh, uh, cells don't go to work till after the 14th hour? At the 14th hour is when they start going up. Yeah, okay. It's very and, and, and so what happens if you have a, a, a cancer? Your, your body can kill anything if you give it the ability to kill. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing yeah, that but, you've got to watch out for is you know what feeds the cancers? What's that? Sugar. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And the other fascinating thing is, is now it's peer-reviewed literature. It's studied. There was a guy out in Oregon who was giving fast to people with solid tumors and they were shrinking and he was showing the scans and they thought he was nuts. Then they published the data and they showed that these people who were on these extended water fast, like three, four days, they were actually shrinking tumors. And really? now it's published. It was this guy called True. If you look up True North and they're out in Oregon and uh, it, it's published. And then more recently, the Nature, which is the most prestigious journal in the world, published in Germany, and it was a scientist there said, we now figured out the mechanism of aging. As we age, we have a copy machine that makes all our amino acids and proteins and our body parts. And guess what happens? As we age, it goes faster. But when it goes faster, it starts making copying errors, and those turn into cancer, inflammation. Uh And then they said, what speeds up that copying mechanism? Guess what? Sugar and rising insulin levels. And what's very interesting about insulin levels, which most doctors don't check, is you can have normal sugar and a normal hemoglobin A1C, which tells you how your sugar's been the last 90 days, but it might be abnormal because your insulin might be climbing, keeping it looking normal. So if you check insulin levels and you start seeing a pattern where your insulin level rising, you can predict diabetes three years before it happens. So that's also in the latest research. So we now know by that major article that was published in Nature, which should have been all over the news, that we know what accelerates aging and it's sugar and insulin. 
So more reasons why in our New Year's resolution we want to keep our audience healthy so they keep listening to WABC is look at your labels, control your sugar. If you need help, do it with a buddy. Look at your labels because all all those chemicals and some of the preservatives and some of the food you buy, just be careful. My wife looks at the labels all the time, whether it's my stuff or my daughter's stuff. She's on top of it. and, And what John just said is very key because when we have processed foods with preservatives, guess what they do? They're designed to stop bacterial growth so the food lasts longer on the shelf. But those same chemicals go into our gut microbiome, and guess what? They kill some of the good bacteria. So that's why preservatives are bad. So trying to eat food in its most natural shape is very important. And try, when you have, especially with children, not to have milk with antibiotics and hormones. That's why you do have that option. And the same thing with meats as well. Well, Dr. Mikolos, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, happy Happy New Year to you upcoming. I know we'll be talking to you before the new year, but Thank you all, health, and the time to enjoy it. Thank you for keeping our audience alive and living longer. Amen. Amen. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Well, in with John Katsimatidis is Andrew Giuliani in for Sid for another half hour, another 20 minutes with you here on this Wednesday morning, the day after, the day after Christmas. And, John, I always say that WABC really feels more than anything like a family, whether you work here, whether you just listen to WABC anywhere around, not just the city, not just the state, the country or the world in 176 different countries, that this really feels like a family. And uh, right now I've got my little daughter, Grace, and my wife, Zaville, who have actually come into the studio to say hi to uh, Dad and Uncle John. Well, she looks like she's staring at you and, <laughs> and she's wondering what you're doing. <laughs> she's always listening to WABC, so now she can see exactly how Dad can actually talk about it. But I want to I talk to you a little bit about 2024, and, and, you know, you have so much expertise all across so many different sectors. But I want to talk to you about what the economy is going to look like here in 2024 in terms of the energy markets, the actual stock market, and actually are we going to see inflation actually be curbed in 2024? We know it's gone up significantly over the last three years. Is it going to con- continue to increase, or is it going to kind of get curbed a little well, bit? Well, the, the Democrats, uh, you know, you have an election year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Democrats want to get reelected. So they're going to do everything possible to make sure uh, they get reelected. For instance, if, if uh, uh, mortgages were 8%, who's going to vote for them? Yeah. Uh, if gasoline was $6 a gallon, who's going to vote for them? Yeah. So... What happened? Uh, oil has come down from from uh, $100 a barrel to $85 a barrel. Now, it was last week or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it was $68 a barrel. Mm-hmm. Well, the OPEC nations in Russia, that's not acceptable to them. Yeah. So what did they do? They started the war on the, on the Red Sea and the Suez Canal mm-hmm. so the oil can't get through. All right. Cut the supply. So it went from... $68 a barrel up to uh, like 76 77 I don't know what it is today. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's screwing up the Democrats a little bit. So the Democrats have to 
Biden has to do something to to cook the books for them. Maybe it gives them a billion dollars worth of uh, of trade right. or that way they'll they'll accept a yeah. cheaper oil price. What, what, but what, there's a war. There's there's a world war going on of for whom do the dollars belong to? Yeah, I'll give you an example of what that means. Uh, when it went from sixty eight dollars a barrel to seventy six dollars a barrel, uh, what is that? Uh, six seven dollars difference. Mm-hmm. Seven dollars difference on a hundred million barrels a day. Yeah, seven hundred million dollars a day. Mm-hmm. So who does that money belong to? Yeah, and now, if Iran is so, getting that so money, you know where that money's going. When when President Biden uh, increased the price. When when Trump was in, the price was fifty five dollars a barrel, mm-hmm. fifty fifty five, and Iran was pumping four hundred thousand barrels. Well, guess what? It went from when when Trump, when uh, Joe Biden made a uh, a enemy of the fossil fuel industry, yeah, they cut the Keystone Pipeline on day one, yeah. basically, right? And oil went up to a hundred, a hundred and ten, a hundred and twenty, a trillion dollars. Worth of wealth, money in your pocket, whether you, you knew it or not, moved from North America to China, OPEC nations, etc. And the rise in, in oil prices caused the rise in the food prices because everything to do with food, uh, deliveries, manufacture of it has to do uh, with uh, oil. Yeah. But, John, how can – why can't the green zealots see this? Because this is pretty – you know, this is not too complex. When you see that America stops producing oil, it's not like Iran, China, Russia, Saudi Arabia have stopped they as have well. Own, you have to see that you're ultimately empowering they have their own them. Mission. It's pretty obvious. They have their own mission. They have their own mission. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Noam was playing the other day of um, uh, Al Gore saying – Oh, uh, if we cut out all cars or did this or did that, in 30 years, the, the air will be clear, uh, right. clearer, clearer. Well, I knew I'll go 40 years ago, and he said that 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> now, the problem is the United States is pretty good mm-hmm. on, 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 uh, on being good with the environment, mm-hmm. reducing uh, pollution, pollutants, et cetera. We're pretty good. Mm-hmm. The problem is India and China. Yeah. China builds one coal factory every week. Yeah. So what the heck is going on? Exactly. So it's not us. Right. They're tying our hands behind our hand, our, our back, and the rest of the world is just making the money. You know, the, the world is making money. And the American people are getting poorer. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, we'll shift topics a little bit, stay on the economy here. But if people who may be looking at their 401ks right now, you know, the, the markets are at record highs at this moment here. But looking ahead to 2024 and thinking, what should they do maybe with the their nest egg? What do they do? Up. Yes, you're they, expecting they, to go up. They, because want, they, they want the stock market to go up to give the consumer a feel-good situation. Right. See? Uh, gasoline is down. You're buying it for less than three dollars a gallon. Uh, see, your mortgage rates are down, and uh, uh, and the stock market is up. The economy is great, and Joe Biden st- stands up and says, "See, Bidenomics works." Yeah. So, do you think the Fed actually ends up cutting 
more uh, rates more. They're expecting three yes. rate cuts. You think it's going to be even a little bit more than I that, so that way you can help that. More than that. Yeah. You, so you're expecting to see. So if you are an investor at this point, let's say you're investing in the public markets. Well, the it, stock market already went from thirty three thousand to almost thirty eight thousand. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's approaching record highs. If it's yeah. not there right now, it so may very up, well be there it's as up we talk. Over ten percent already. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's go into b- back to New York a little bit, because one of the major issues, I think, affecting the comeback of New York that we're going to see here, which I think was one of the best questions that was asked of Mayor Adams over the last year, was congestion pricing. How do you stand up to congestion pricing? What would that ultimately do, not just to your one of your businesses, the grocery stores, but other businesses that exist in this financial district? It's going to make the people in New York City and Manhattan poorer. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, the trucks are gonna they're gonna charge the trucks more. Uh, that means every uh, every box of food that comes off those trucks costs, let's say, a nickel more. Yeah. So when the grocery store has to pay a nickel more, they're gonna charge. Yeah, the seven more. seven cents more, eight yeah. cents more. Yeah. Absolutely. And and uh, what I've said uh, to uh, the governor, and I said to Eric Adams, I said to them, look. Uh, maybe congestion pricing is good, but it's not good right now. No, absolutely not. Uh, why don't you let Manhattan, why don't you have New York City have a recovery first? And after recovery, maybe in a couple of years, two, three, four years, then you could propose it. Yeah. It'll cost three to $4,000 a day extra, depending a, a year extra, depending on when you actually do that. And if you look at EMS workers and all that, that's one of the things I think that we've covered a well, little bit yesterday, theory, whereas they you're, will you're not afford reimb- that. You're not supposed to reimburse. Let's say you lived in New Jersey and it's cost, it cost you X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to reimburse employees for their trip to work. Right. So who's going to pay them? Yeah, that's exactly right. And you're talking maybe 5 6 7% more of their take-home income gone. Well, John, we're going to take a short break here, but don't worry. We're going to be right back with the one and only John Katsimatidis and Andrew Giuliani here on this special edition of Sit and Friends. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Fly me to the moon. Let me play. This is a Katsimatidis selection well, I, right here. I, love, I used to love that song. And, and uh, I'll tell you, but when it's raining out like that, and we have big open windows at the studio here, and uh, in other words, it doesn't feel like. You want to fly to the moon today? <laughs> no, not today. Well, it, joining us in studio is the gentleman who's going to be, we're going to be passing the padan off to John Dominic Carter from 10 to noon today. Dominic, how you doing? I'm doing well, Andrew, and I hope that uh, it's so nice to see your, your lo- lovely daughter and your wife and, of course, Mr. Katsimatidis. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, Andrew, we're all trying to keep up with the schedule. Folks say, how can I do so many radio shows? Nobody works harder at the radio station, as you know, than Mr. Katsimatidis. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, along with the other, I don't know, 20 businesses you have to run as well, <laughs> this too, is, right? This, this is-, is the only hour uh, today without Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, we got to see the ratings. They're probably going to go through the roof yeah. without Curtis weighing us down over here. But, uh, you know, Dominic, we were talking, obviously, so much about 
the crime issues that have happened in the uh, city. You've been covering New York since the, the mid-80s, basically. Completely out of control. You know, and you've seen New York at its worst, late 80s, early 90s. We see that the, the violent crime numbers aren't quite like that. But I know that you and I were talking a few week back, weeks back, and in some ways you think that this is worse. Why do you say that? No doubt about it, because you just don't feel safe. And it's not just perception, Andrew. There's a strong possibility that walking uh, up, the, up the block or down the street that some homeless person or some person that's mentally ill may end up attacking you. Or, or you could be having a meal at, at a Grand Central Station, mm-hmm. right, uh, as these two young ladies, 14 and 16, and you end up stabbed in tourists, the back. Tourists. And, and tourists. Stabbed in the back and, and stabbed in the thigh. It's unacceptable. And so I'm starting out this morning, just a couple of minutes, of all things, talking about your father. Okay. Your father. I was mentioning this last night, and I'm going to be frank with you, Mr. Katsimatidis, with you, Andrew. I'm tired of the haters. I really am. That's my point this morning. The fact of the matter is you say whatever you want about Rudy Giuliani. You can like him. You can hate him. The man was one of the best mayors this city has ever had. He did not play that nonsense of the criminals run the street. The NYPD ran the streets to keep us all safe under your father. And I would, rather than hating on your father, I would just rather, why not just say thank you, Mayor Giuliani, for what you did. I'm serious, to turn the city around. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I can't say it any better than that, Dominic, to be honest, John. And I always say this, politicians, they have narratives. You can tell by the data and the numbers whether those narratives are true or fictional. Absolutely. And you can just see the way the crime went down in the 90s in New York, exactly what broken windows, what People Giuliani felt safe walking did. around. Uh, stores were open to midnight. Restaurants were open to midnight. And, and people felt safe. Absolutely. And now nobody feels safe. Absolutely. No, yeah. you're absolutely right, and it's so sad, and you see this at Grand Central. This is a block away from where my wife's work. This is where I go through every single day, and you just – the fact you'd have to worry in some of our, you know, uh, nicest areas in the world. Grand Central is one of the most beautiful tourist attractions in the world here. That you'd have to worry about this is just going to continue to make people question whether or not New York City is the place to live whether it's a place to actually spend their tourist dollars and to come in, and that's something that New York can't afford right and, now. And g- God forbid uh, – it could have been your wife yeah. walking by that encountered uh, th- this mentally ill man. And 17 he- times, I understand, he's been arrested. Yeah. Not surprising. Mr. Ka- Mr. Katsimatidis, your daughter has uh, posted on social media that she is worried about being a victim uh, of crimes, right? It could have been your daughter uh, walking past uh, that encountered this man. It could have been my wife. It could have been anyone. Things are so bad in my household no riding of the subway. Yeah, uh, we rather deal with Ubers and paying fifty to eighty dollars to park. Wow! And, rather and, than taking the subway. And you think about what that ends up doing to the bottom line of all these families. Well, John, this has been uh, an honor to be joined here with you. Well, I'm glad I helped out a little bit. And, Always. Uh, Hopefully, if I feel better tomorrow, I'll be in it earlier. I, well, you know what? You make sure you get yourself some rest whenever you come in. We're looking forward to it. And, Dominic, we're going to pass this baton off to you. Got as it. You, have, you have held it so well, and Got it. you've been doing thank so you. great. And thank you, Mr. Katsimatidis, for all that you and your wife do. Well, Dominic, you do a great job, and we're glad uh, that you're here. Okay. Up next, Dominic Carter on the greatest radio station, not just in New York City, but the world. WABC.
If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.